Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Right now, we had to reintroduce ourselves, and for security reasons, we had to take a picture of his driver's license to make sure it was him. Good morning, <laughs> Dr. History. How Good are morning, you? Zeb. Good to be back. Oh. Good to be back out here. I am so, I, I'm glad to be back, but I got to tell you, it was hard to leave those uh, 70 plus oh, and 80 oh, yeah. degrees temperatures. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know, but I felt sorry for you. Listen, um, good reports. I was talking to a lady down in the Wickenburg area that has known us for a long time, listens faithfully every Tuesday on the Internet to Dr. History. Well, good. Yeah. Good. It's, uh... She said, is he a big guy? And I said, oh, yeah, he stands about six foot seven and weighs about <laughs> two, 246, something like that. Now, did you tell him the truth? Yeah, I said he's just a midget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very big, okay. but I'm quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like me. I, I really amaze people as to how slow I really am. <laughs> Okay, Zeb, you're going to know this guy. Oh, really? Yes, you're going to know him. So here's the picture. Oh. Okay? The chase was on. The chase was on. Bill Pickett gave the steer a Uh. head start before kicking his spurs into his horse's flank. Then it was fair game as he and his horse chased this beast around the rodeo's arena. As soon as Pickup came alongside the steer, he jumped off his horse, catapulted through the air. As he somersaulted over the length of the steer's back, he grabbed its horns with his hands, mustered every ounce of strength he had to hold on. Next, he dug his heels into the ground, twisted the horn so hard that the animal's head jerked it toward him. Pickett's face was now directly in front of the steer's nose. A bewildered audience watched in disbelief as Bill Pickett sunk his teeth into the snotty upper lip of the bull. You had to put all the words in, didn't you? I'm not leaving anything out. (laughs) He bit down hard on that steer's sensitive upper lip, holding it in a vice-like grip while at the same time, throwing his arms in the air. There you go. I've got a picture of that, Zeb. Yep. I yeah. bet you it's the same one I've got uh, in uh, my books upstairs in the attic. Uh, he's trying to find the picture to show me for those of you at home. <laughs> well, it's in here somewhere. And uh, he's getting nervous, and the papers oh, are dog there, there it is. Yeah, that's exactly the one that's I've got. That's the picture yep, you've that's got. That's the one okay. I've got. Yep. Well, the fight was not over. Pickett used his, uh, using his strong jaw and neck muscles. He pulled the steer closer and fell over backward. The motion unbalanced the steer, which was still lip-locked to picket. The bull flipped over and came crashing down to the ground with a sudden thud. Completely subdued, the steer was frozen in place with all four legs pointing up in the air. Yeah, and then he went over and kissed the rodeo queen. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Pickett held his, I like this term, held his lip grip (laughs) and continued to triumphantly raise his arms in the air to prove the act was performed hands-free and to demonstrate he had total control over that animal. There you go. And stunned by the fall, this animal looked at Pickett eye to eye and desperately wanted to fling Pickett through the air, but uh, he wasn't going anywhere. Well, the crowd that had been silenced uh, in disbelief, uh, they erupted with a roar of applause and cheers. The spellbound audience had come to the rodeo doubting that this tall tale that a cowboy could throw a steer with his teeth. Yet they just witnessed the great Bill Pickett in action. Yeah. 
performing his version of steer wrestling uh, after a cowhand roped the steer, picket rose, <laughs> wiped his mouth on the sleeve of his shirt, thank goodness, <laughs> dusted off his chaps and took a bow. His rodeo act of, uh, I like this, lip-locking the steer was called bulldogging. And he was the master. Was this, well, and can you turn that mic and straighten it up a little bit? There you go. You don't have to knock it over. Uh, was this while he was performing with the 101 Wild West We're going to get to that. Ah, yeah, I yeah. see. So he was born December 5th, 1870, 30 miles northwest of Austin, Texas. His skin was black, but he was of African, Native American, and Caucasian descent. Mm. But he never knew slavery as his parents had. Uh, his parents, Virginia... Uh, and Thomas had 13 children, five boys and eight girls. 13. Bill was the second oldest, but he loved growing up on a ranch around horses. His schooling only went, only went through the fifth grade, and uh, then his education continued uh, what we'd call cowboy style. I you see. Know? Yeah. And at the age of 15, Bill worked as a cowhand on an area ranch, and he uh, mastered the skills all cowboys needed, you know, how to rope, how to mm-hmm. work uh, cattle, one thing or another. But he continued to work on Texan ranches, during the 1880s and 90s, learning how to break wild horses. Now, he weighed only about 145 pounds. That's what I thought. He wasn't a very no, big man. he stood about 5 feet 7 inches tall. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he appeared uh, kind of slight, but he was actually very muscular and very strong, you know, quite a bit like me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great similarity. <laughs> Maybe the weight and the height, but that's about it. You know, as a child, Bill had seen bulldogs chase after stubborn cattle that got tangled in the underbrush. Huh. Now, bulldogs had been used to work cattle since the 1700s. Their short legs and sleek coat allowed them to easily burrow under the thickets to force animals out into the clearing. Now, Bill noticed that a stubborn cow didn't stand a chance when a bulldog sank its pointed teeth into its lip Ouch. and used his powerful neck to literally drag the cow back to the herd. Holy smokes. Uh, that gave Pickett the idea. How would you it, like to be an intruder in that guy's oh, home? Oh, yeah. And, but that uh, he could, thought he could do that with an animal in the same way. That's mm. where he got the idea. So he adapted the idea to steer wrestling, and in time he perfected his technique of hitting the sensitive nerve in a steer's lip or his nose. And one of Bill's younger brothers reported that Bill perfected his technique by practicing bulldogging out in the family pasture in the moonlight. <laughs> He never really socially dated a lot of girls, did he? Well, I'm going to get to that, too, Zeb. I'll get to that. You know, there's various accounts between 1886 and 1903 of how Bill Pickett came to uh, subdue animals with his teeth. Residents in Rockdale, Texas, claim Pickett was helping load longhorn cattle onto a stock car when a stubborn steer escaped. Bill's patience was tried, so he chased after it. He jumped onto the steer's back. He twisted his horns and bit firmly into the steer's upper lip, bringing the runaway to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. Others claim the event happened in Taylor or Austin, Texas. Another account says that Pickett passed a cattle company's branding pin on the way home from school. He offered to help by holding the calf down and bit the animal's lip, which held it securely frozen in place during the branding. Really? 
Another version, <laughs> a fellow rodeo star recalled Pickett going after a cow that had nearly gored his horse. He claimed Bill was mad with the animal. He threw it down by biting into its lip, uh, regardless of how or when uh, the new method came. Uh, Bill Pickett became the expert. He was yeah. uh, he could do it. So he left his home in Texas in 1886 when he was about 16 years old, traveled to Nashville, Tennessee to join a Wild West show. That's what you referred to. The 101, yeah. Yeah. Back in Texas in 1890, 20-year-old Bill married his sweetheart, Maggie, in the Taylor Baptist Church where he served as a deacon. Uh, to support his growing family, he and four brothers decided to start their own horse-breaking business sometimes, uh, sometime in the 1890s, and they most likely were the first black entrepreneurs in Taylor, Texas. Bill was vice president, and their successful Pickett Brothers Bronco Busters and Rough Riders Association. That was the name of their, really? their company, yeah. Now, do you have a picture of him and his bride? I do not. I don't. I wonder if she must have felt some trepidation when they kissed at the wedding day. <laughs> that could have been a, a, a break, make or break deal, don't you think? <laughs> Lip lock. Yeah. So anyway, this partnership advertised, quote, we ride and break all wild horses with much care, good treatment to all animals, perfect satisfaction guaranteed, catching and taming wild cattle a specialty. So really? that's, how, that's their business. Really? Well, Pickett was an all-around hand, a roper, bronkbuster. His additional skill of bulldogging made him uh, sought after. Uh, county fairs and rodeos were always looking for tricks and stunts to draw, draw in the crowds, you know. Um, so... Pickett became kind of a celebrity throughout the West. In 1903, he bulldogged for captivated audiences and rodeos throughout Texas, Arizona, Wyoming, Oklahoma. And there was a promoter named Dave McClure, mm-hmm. and he asked him to join his Booger Red's Wild West Wagon Show. Wow, say that, that fast five times. <laughs> that. So in 1904, Bill Pickett was the star attraction at America's best-known rodeo, the Cheyenne Frontier Days. How old a man was he at this By time? By now he's into his 20s. Oh, no, only? Still, yeah, I not see. very old. But... Uh, this, uh, there we go. A thousand programs, and he still leaves his cell phone I, on. And I turned that off, <laughs> Zell. I really did. Okay, back. Here we go. 1904, Bill Pickett was the star attraction at the Cheyenne Frontier Days, the equivalent of today's Super Bowl. Right. That was the big one. Right. And his performance received national attention. Uh, the media, both newspaper and radio, came from all over to cover what they called, quote, the Dusky Demon of Oklahoma. The That's Dusky what, Demon yeah. of Oklahoma. But everybody agreed his performance were spectacular. Wow. Now, Bill Pickett was considered a professional and thereafter banned from competing in amateur rodeo contests. The Miller's Wild West show offered him the perfect venue to showcase his bulldogging style. And, of course, the audiences ate it up. At rodeos, Bill had to earn prize money. But in the Miller show, he was paid. He was a paid performer. I so, see. Uh, he was able to earn some money. But um, he was uh, promoters advertised him as the wonderful picket, uh, throwing wild steer by nose with his teeth. Uh, he toured the country, visiting cities like Chicago, New York, and he actually went to Canada, South America, Great Britain, Mexico, and did the same thing. Yeah, and that was what he did. Wow. But he also worked with some pretty famous Western personalities. Uh, 
Cowboys turned actors like Tom Mix and Will Rogers, and they actually uh, were his assistants uh, sometimes while he was on the on, really? the on the tour. Yeah. Now, Bill Pickett was the most famous black cowboy entertainer in American history. Zach Miller claimed that he was the greatest sweat and dirt cowhand that ever lived, bar none. He was a box office draw who never ceased to give crowd pleasing performances. He was a headliner who packed the house. Sometimes the attendance topped 65,000 that came to watch him. Zed, no that's kidding. A, uh, Pickett's audience-grabbing technique of subduing a steer was copied by some, but no one ever mastered the feat. <laughs> Many cowboys found the thought of biting into a steer's snotty upper lip a little bit repulsive. Yeah, kind I, of. I, I would agree with a that. A tad. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1907, the Miller Brothers, as you mentioned, the 101 Ranch Wild West Show, was the first rodeo to be held at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Very first. Wow. Now, the audience turnout was kind of disappointing opening night, uh, but it was a night to remember. Tom Mix did a riding demonstration, and then it was Pickett's turn to perform with his he- uh, favorite horse that he called Spradley. Now, Will Rogers was Pickett's hazer. You know, riding parallel with him into the arena, Pickett always rode on the left and Rogers always on the right, sandwiching the steer between them so Bill could uh, easily jump on. However, once out of the chute, something went terribly wrong. Uh Uh-oh. The the crazed steer was startled by the noise and commotion of the crowd and broke loose. It took off running at top speed across the entire length of the arena with Pickett and Rogers in pursuit. Before the Cowboys could catch up with it, the steer barreled over the gate into the grandstand. Now, this is not good. (laughs) Pandemonium ran wild. I would say. Uh, You know, terrified fans, panic, screamed, scattered in every direction. Free popcorn. Yeah. So, Pickett's horse, Bradley, vaulted the gate, carrying Pickett as they rode up the stairs after the runaway bull. Wait a minute. Now, they're in the audience. Yeah, they're running or up the stairs. Or what was the audience? Yes, yeah, they're running up the stairs. Okay, right there in the stands, Pickett jumped off his horse onto the steer and bulldogged it on the spot with his lip-locking bite. Hole on the steps, literally. Yeah. So Will Rogers caught up, and together with some of the other cowboys, they subdued the steer. They roped it, tied its legs before Bill could let it go. The steer was dragged safely back down into the arena, remarkably without any loss of life from the bystanders. The publicity from this event that first night drew in fans for sellout shows for an extremely successful run at Madison Square Garden. Holy cow. <laughs> can you just picture that, Zip? I can, because I was announcing a rodeo and a bull got up in the stands. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And it was, uh, it was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> well, he moved with his wife, Maggie, and their nine children from Texas to Oklahoma. And over the years, Pickett earned a steady income, but it came at a price. By the end of his career, almost every bone in his body had been broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, like I say, he did a lot of other stuff, you know, bronc riding, uh, breaking horses stuff. But the Miller Brothers Wild West show continued to travel across the United States and to various countries. Uh, Pickett even performed before King George V and Queen wow. Mary of England in London. Now, Bill Pickett became Hollywood's first black movie star. The silent movie called The Bulldogger, starring Pickett in 1921, and the movie poster read, quote, Bill Pickett, 
world's colored champion in the bulldogger, death, defying defeats of courage and skill, five smashing reels of thrills and laughs too. That was his movie. He also starred in one called The Crimson Skull. Uh, however, oh, that must have been an Academy Award winner. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pickett found fame and fortune as a bulldogger, not a not as a movie star. I see. And he only made those two movies. Now these were silence, weren't they? Yeah, they would silent have been, movies. Yeah, clear back yeah. in 1921. Yeah. Yeah. But Bill eventually retired from the rodeo in the late 1920s. Now. You're not going to be surprised at this, Zeb, but he'd lost several teeth in the process of bulldogging over 5,000... Imagine that. Bulldogging over 5,000 steers in his career. 5,000. Now, this consequently made it difficult to bite into a steer's lip and hold its grip. I mean, you can't do that with your gums, right? Well, you would know more than me. No, no, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) With no teeth, it would make it, or less teeth, it would make it a little more difficult. Anyway, uh, you know, while Bill was getting uh, horses ready for sale, a freak accident occurred. He was separating the horses in the pen when a sorrel gave him some trouble. Pickett dismounted to rope the horse when another horse stepped on his rope. Well, it flipped Bill 15 feet in the air. He landed near the sorrel, which reared up and in the confusion came down. Oh, boy. Kicked Bill in the head with his left hind foot. Pickett stood up, collapsed, and never regained consciousness. Really? He died almost two weeks after the accident on April 2nd, 1932, at the age of 62. Wow. Now, uh, Pickett was good friends with Will Rogers, and uh, here's what uh, Rogers said about him. He said, Bill Pickett never had an enemy. Even the steers wouldn't hurt old Bill. What happened to his brother, though? Uh, Pickett's brothers. Yeah, remember they were in business together. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened with all that. I if see. they continued the business, I see. But there's a, a poem that was written uh, about him. It said, "Like many men in the old time West, on any job he did his best. He left a blank that's hard to fill, for there'll never be another Bill." I like that. Yeah, I do too. I like that. But Bill Pickett contributed greatly to rodeo entertainment. He embodied the spirit of honest competition. In 1971, Pickett was the first black cowboy to be inducted into Oklahoma City's Rodeo Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. where his saddle is on display. In 1987, a bronze statue of Pickett was erected in the Cowtown Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. In 1989, he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Now, 10 years later, in 1994, the United States Post Office attempted to honor Bill Pickett in their, quote, Legends of the West 29-cent stamp series. But they accidentally depicted a relative, Ben Pickett, instead of Bill. No. (laughs) However, uh, the corrected image of Bill Pickett was issued in 1994. So, really? Yeah. Now, the stamp that was made, help me, do you have a picture of it? I do not. Because the one I'm thinking of, he had uh, a pair of those woolly shaps on. Oh. And great big old hat, tipped back a little bit, and I think that's the stamp that I've seen. It, it could be, the yeah. Picture, yeah. The picture, yeah. But uh, it was said of him, it said, quote, when they turned Bill Pickett out, they broke the mold. There you go. Uh, what an amazing man, you know. And no, did he have a family? Yeah, he had uh, his nine children, and in later years, um, 
he, uh, the two boys passed away for whatever reason, I'm not sure. But um, his seven daughters uh, took care of him. Um, they were attentive. They cared for him when he was... He actually was blinded for nine months at one time. Wow. But his wife, Maggie, died uh, after 40 years of see, marriage. See, this is a story that you and I need to pursue to see if we can't get a hold of one of the siblings to oh, come on wow. the program. You know, and uh, they've got to be... You know, still alive. I would, well, you know, I, at least I, I would think the, some of them. The are. daughters would still be alive. Well, yeah. maybe, uh, but some but of the daughters' the, children, the grandkids would be sure. Yeah, but that pretty an amazing man. And uh, again, you know, I think he really epitomized the cowboy. The yeah, you know, the honest, uh, humble, just did the work that needed to be done, and was one of the best ranch hands that w- there ever was that's one of the things that i think we need to follow up on uh we had this idea about maybe last year sometime of trying to get a hold of relatives yeah. to solidify and verify a lot of the stories well in this case uh i don't think it'd be that hard to try to find if there's a grandson or a granddaughter or someone yeah. would that would great. want to come on the air that's what i was gonna say if we get them on here to have a little <clears throat> a little interview or something that wow. would be wonderful that would would be fun. So I, I'll do some checking. Um, I'm not quite sure where to look, or if any of the listeners out there have any ideas on how to how to contact some of these people. That would be wonderful. Or for that matter, any of the stories that we've had on this sure. uh, uh, Doctor History segment. If people know maybe a family member or whatever that we could contact uh, regarding the story, that would be really interesting. It would be wonderful. So you know, you talked about this with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Right, right. I got his uh, his uh, great nephew's book that he wrote yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. And you met with him over at Bear River, well, I believe. Uh, no, I was down in St. George. That's it. That's and it. I ran into a man who knew Butch Cassidy. Yeah. But over in Montpelier, Idaho, is where that bank is that Butch Cassidy robbed. I see. And it's been turned into a Butch Cassidy museum. Oh. And that's where I uh, was able to find this book I see. about Butch Cassidy. That was a good story. we got to do that, though, as a follow-up. That would be a, a good project. I'll I'll see what I can find out. It's good to see you again. Good to be seen, and good to have you back in the country. And it's good to be back. However, the warmer climes were very nice. Oh, I agree. I was in St. George for a week. Yes. Five days of sunshine was not too bad. There you go. <laughs> Doctor History, every Tuesday, right here at 1006 on Seventh Ranch. Next week, I'm sure you've got it already uh, pre-planned as I to do, what you're going to do. But I don't want to spoil it. Oh, I so. can imagine. In other words, that's the key phrase of, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it.